Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It's your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Today is Monday, November 30th. I hope you all had a very happy and healthy and safe long weekend. I, of course, was off uh, for an early birthday celebration, so there was no podcast on Friday. But I'm very excited to be back here today with a very special guest. Second time on the podcast a former Boston Bruins forward, 2011 Stanley Cup champion, currently working for the Dallas Stars. Rich Peverly is on the podcast today. And I'm very excited to bring you that conversation. We talk about the Stars' run to the Stanley Cup final. We talk about life in COVID, about the Bruins' 2011 Zoom reunion, about uh, Tuka Rask leaving the bubble, about Pevs Protects, and uh, it was just great to catch up with Rich, who uh, lives in the same town as I do. We get to uh, bump into each other every once in a while. Not as much now, obviously, during COVID, but uh, always great to catch up and always appreciate him being willing to jump on the podcast and have a chat. Before we get to that, let me remind you that the podcast is, of course, available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Whatever podcast app you used, if you could kindly subscribe, each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could toss up a rating and a review, that would also be very much appreciated, especially for you Apple users. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Also on Instagram at LockedOnBostonBruins. And you can find me on both platforms at Ian C. McLaren. I should mention that on Mondays over the last few weeks, I have been doing a series on which Bruins wore it best, looking at individual jersey numbers and ranking the players who have worn those numbers. So far, we've done numbers 70 through 99, uh, beginning at 99, which has not been worn by any Bruins, of course. Uh, I will kind of flip the script here this week usually it's a guest on friday mailbag on wednesday and then the jersey numbers on mondays but since rich graciously uh was willing to give me some time today have an interview today we will push the jersey numbers to wednesday and then probably do the mailbag on friday uh, unless someone else wants to come on and chat uh, so that's what you can expect uh, this week on the podcast and uh, the usual news and notes and any breaking Bruins news uh, that drops. Uh, if you go back last week, you can hear my thoughts on the Jake DeBrusque signing, which is the last uh, notable development for the Bruins for sure. Before I get to my chat with Rich Peverly, let me talk for a moment about Built Bar. Built Bar is new and improved, even better than ever, with six amazing new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, 
among others. Each bar of the 18 flavors that they feature are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. It's a delicious treat, and I just enjoyed one myself, to be honest, <laughs> as uh, lunch here on this Monday. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and also gluten-free, which is very important to me as someone with celiac. Right now, you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. If you also go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, I am joined uh, once again on the podcast uh, by former Bruins forward and uh, Stanley Cup champion, uh, Rich Peverly. Uh, Rich was on the podcast, I think it was over a year ago now, and uh, you know, a lot has changed since then, and, and I wanted to, to just check in and, and chat again. So, yeah, thanks again, Rich, for, for taking some time to chat. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, 2020 has been a, been a pretty wild year. How, how have you and your family been, uh, kind of dealing with, with COVID and kind of how has it impacted your, your work with the, with the Dallas stars? Uh, I think when it all started, I was actually in, um, in Colorado at an AHL game with our Texas stars team. And, um, you know, I flew back and everything kind of got shut down and, uh, it's definitely impacted, you know, my travel. I, I normally am traveling, uh, quite a few days in a month and that's obviously come to a halt. Uh, you know, in terms of how it was with the family, you know, it, it's been, it's been good. Like it's been okay. We have three kids. Um, they're all in sports and now they're able to practice and play and play their sports. And in the summer they were able to play some sports. Uh, but you know, the initial lockdown and going, doing school with your kids and, um, you know, that was a challenge, but you know, we got through it and, and I, I think our kids have done pretty well. We're lucky we had a great summer here in Ontario. So, uh, hopefully the weather in the winter isn't too bad and we can, uh, just spend as much time outside as you can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We, we have three boys as well and it was certainly a challenge at first, but it's been good. Uh, their hockey program still running for now so that's been good to get them on the ice and and try to get that normalcy yeah. as well actually i heard um a neighbor of mine said that uh you were you coached one of his kids uh hockey practices i wasn't sure if is coaching something that you want to get more into is that something that you see yourself doing one day or the kind of just uh, an excuse to get out on the ice uh well like i said i'm I, it's impacted my travel. So I haven't been traveling as much. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I have, uh, my, my daughter plays peewee hockey here in, in Guelph and then my son plays novice and, you know, I've been able to get out on the ice with them probably more than normal, which has been great. Uh, you know, it's been, a I've been available, which is not normal to be this available. So it was great. Every time I can get out there and, and help out, you know, I think being a head coach is a lot more for Meyer hockey is a lot more organizing than it is uh, anything else. And, you know, I'm not sure that I want that responsibility of organization, but I enjoy the on ice port portion of it. I love teaching kids, seeing them improve. It's been, uh, that's always the, the most enjoyable part for sure. 
For sure, yeah. And I guess speaking of, you know, watching kids improve, I know that uh, with your role with the uh, with the Dallas Stars, you kind of helped some prospects along. And congratulations for you know the run to the the Stanley Cup final for uh, for the Stars. And I know there were some players that that you've worked closely with that were you know, integral to that run. Um, what was it like, first of all, kind of watching that all happen and not really being able to be to be present for that? I guess that was uh, obviously different with, with the bubble situation and all that. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was enjoyable that we were able to be at home with my family for the summer. But, you know, uh, I'm excited. I was very, very excited for the organization, for the, for the players that came up. You know, there's... Uh, I spent quite a lot of time with our AHL team and, and even oh, players before they get to the AHL team. So, you know, uh, in, in my case, you know, I, I've, I've worked with Miro Heiskinen and Rolfe Hintz, Dennis Sirianoff. Um, you know, there's other players that are kind of just fitting fit themselves into the lineup, like Nick Commando, who played some games in the finals for us that uh, I've been working with since he was 17 years old in the okay. OHL. So, you know, there's some really good players that, you know, I've been able to work with. They're great personalities and they've been willing to work and uh, willing to learn. So, you know, it's rewarding in that sense that to see those guys be successful. But not only, you know, I got to I played with Tyler and Jamie Ben. Uh, so, you know, to see them get to be successful, uh, that's just great. And I think it's an old, it's like, um, like Jim Neal, our general manager, has said in interviews, it's like a, when you have success like that, it's a testament to the whole organization, to everyone who's who's put the work in the past few years. And, you know, we have a great group that, uh, that works tirelessly to kind of make our team better. And, um, you know, it's been great. And that sense, they were able to be rewarded for it. Yeah, it was too bad to see. Uh, you mentioned Tyler, Tyler Sagan, and, and his kind of injury issues that, we're holding him back there in the in the final. It was really uh, it was tough to to see him not be able to play at the highest level, and, and it certainly uh, didn't help the team at all. But hopefully, he's able to to recover and get back to being being his old self here at, at some point in the in the not too distant future, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, speaking of. I guess one of the players that really stood out to me, I, I don't know. I can't remember if we talked about him before uh, on the last time you were on, but uh, Jason Dickinson, obviously being uh, a kid who came up through with the the Guelph storm and um, some Bruins fans may not realize that, you know, he was selected by the stars with the Bruins first round pick that was sent uh, to Dallas for uh, Yarmir Yager uh, in, in 2013. Uh, how how important was his his play to to the team's uh, success, and what maybe uh, are the Bruins missing in not having that pick uh, to have made back in the day there? Well, I, to address the, the trade at first, uh, you know, I think Yager was a an integral piece to our making it to the Stanley Cup Finals in yeah. uh, in 2013. He 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 fought he. Fit in very well with Bergeron and Marshawn on the line, and uh, you know made the power play that much better. And you know I got to play with him for the first uh, first round against Toronto, and you know I say what a, a great player, and you know so incredibly gifted at holding on to the puck and smart, and uh, has a bit of an infectious personality. So that was fun. But for Jason Dickinson, you know I, I've been able to work with him for a certain amount of years. You know he was drafted before. 
uh, I was I was doing this job. So you know, he was pretty right. much ready to. His right. first year pro was my basically my first year doing this job, and I, you know, I got to know him more on a personal level. I think that's what kind of kind of enjoyed is that you know he's from uh, he's from Acton, which isn't far from Guelph. Uh, you know, I, I hooked him up with our with my trainer in Guelph, and he uses he uses my trainer in the summers. Um, you know, so there's been some life advice that I've been able to help him out with. Uh, you know, it's which has been nice. So you oh, know, cool. Jason and I get along really really well. He's, you know, he's a great player. He's a great skater. Thinks the game so well. Uh, he plays his best when he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and you know, he obviously did that quite well on the playoffs for us. And you know, he's a glue guy for our team in Dallas. I find, and you know, he's a player that uh, you know makes it hard to hard to play against. Part of our team culture right now is, is being a hard team to play against, and you know, he kind of fits that mold very very well. Yeah, speaking of Yager being on the on the team, that I think one of my favorite moments from uh, from that playoff run was when on Hockey Night in Canada they brought up a bunch of the players on to ask them kind of their favorite player. And he listed himself as his favorite player. I think everybody, uh, everybody remembers that as, <laughs> as one of his funniest moments as, as a Bruin in public. Anyways, I'm sure it was, uh, yeah, amazing to, to be there with him. Speaking of uh, OHL stuff, I know there's some <laughs> uncertainty about uh, whether there'll be a, a season this year and, and what it might look like. What are your thoughts on kind of, the possibility of play without uh, body checking. Is that, is that kind of a, a ridiculous notion? Is it something that would hold players back developmentally? Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen there? Well, uh, you know, those statements were made by the health minister of Ontario. And I, I think that they were addressed well by, I think Doug Ford addressed it. And I think Doug, um, Bob McKenzie had a very good tweet about, you know, the risks in which body checking provides for COVID, but how about the, the, the risks uh, that, that, every, that everywhere else has, uh, puck battles, face-offs, benches. So, you know, I'm sure it'll get figured out over time. I hope the league is able to play uh, during these kind of days of darkness where we don't know what we're going to be heading towards it's it's kind of frustrating because that's you know for myself that's my job and i and i love mm -hmm. to watch games and be able to play with players but it's got to be done on a on a safe in, in, a, in a safe environment and you know hopefully the league comes back i think they made a good decision to delay it to february to be honest uh yeah. the struggles that the quebec junior league have had is it's been quite noted that, you know, they had to go into a bubble and shut, shut teams down sporadically. You know, I just got off the phone with uh, someone in Finland and teams are getting shut down there right now. Uh, mm. Some of their bigger teams in the Finnish league. So the Swedish junior league now shut down so, so after Christmas. So I think the OHL made a good decision to hold off and, mm. you know, let's, let's see how Christmas goes and, you know, hopefully by that time we're in a bit of a better state than we are now. For sure, yeah. And um, you mentioned, yeah, it's uncertain time, and, and the lockdown has been uh, been pretty crazy for everybody. But one of the highlights for me, anyways, was the um, 2011 uh, Bruins Cup Champions Zoom reunion. I know a lot of people were tuned into that and, and enjoying watching that uh, game along with you guys. What what was that experience like, and what was it like to? Yeah, to, to reconnect with the majority of that team for, for that time and to watch that game. 
you know, I, I have to hand it to, to the Bruins uh, PR staff, and I believe uh, Matt Chimera has probably had a lot to do with that. Uh, organizing that, they were the first kind of team to, to, to do a Zoom call uh, reunion type thing, and uh, I really thought they did a fantastic job. It was fun. It, you know, anytime you get on with your old, old friends and uh, teammates, you know, there's obviously you can see the personalities come out. So yeah. it was it was a ton of fun, and uh, you know it's great to talk to those guys and hang out. And uh, there's such so many great people in that org- in that team that, that we won with, and you know I still we still keep in touch. And it's anytime you can see them, it's just great. So yeah, it's always fun going down memory lane with them. Yeah, for sure. One of the guys yeah. that stood out to me was uh, Milan Lucic. He was you know uh, a force for the Bruins uh, during that time, but it was cool to see him kind of getting pretty sentimental about the whole thing. And, you know, he was initiating toasts and uh, you could tell that it, it really meant a lot to him to kind of reconnect with everyone as well. And it's, it was cool to see, yeah, those personalities kind of off the ice and, you know, Gregory Campbell cracking all the jokes and things like that. It was really cool to, to be a part of that just watching it as well so i can imagine it was it was pretty special for sure yeah it was you know and, oh. and you know we got oh. a lot of guys that are you know you realize that it, it, i think more as my career post career has gone on you know you realize that it's it's pretty special to be able to win a stanley cup I, you know i i realize that i'm lucky to be able to do that with a great group of players that were around me and uh, you know, Milan is obviously a, he's a social butterfly in terms of that he's always connecting with everybody on our team, and he's great to if you need something you can call him. And uh, I think it means, it means a lot to him that we won and we did it. It's, you know, when you win, it's great, but I think when you win for an original six franchise, it probably might mean a little bit more because you see how how much the city loves it. And you know, when we did win, and you saw the city just kind of it was it was fantastic it was just you know unbelievable experience and one of those guys on the team uh, who just announced his retirement last week was johnny boychuk and a lot of bruins fans were reminiscing about his uh his impact on the team and, and how uh much you know we missed watching him play do you have any have any good uh johnny boychuk stories or or what he meant to that team well, you know, when I first got traded to Boston, I, I, you know, I, I was really nervous to where I would fit in with the group. I didn't really know any anyone on the team. I kind of met Dan Pye a few times through our Guelph connection, but uh, didn't know him too too well. And you know, Johnny Boychuk, you know, was just one of those guys. Great personality, so welcoming in the room. Uh, made it feel like you knew him for years. And uh, I really enjoyed him. He's a, he's a funny guy. He's a great personality. Everyone got along with him. Um, you know, I, there's there's times when he always did the music. He always had the music going in the dressing room before the games. And there'd be times where it was just me and him sitting in the in the dressing room, and some Metallica song or a, a rock song would come on, and he'd start playing the drums, and and uh, he just always made me laugh. He was just a, a guy that. Love to have fun and kind of like me enjoyed music and and enjoyed the game and you know he was obviously instrumental on the ice because you know the Johnny Rocket shots he had yeah. important goals for us in that playoff and uh, obviously playing uh, you know a very integrative role such an important role for 
that uh, you know we probably don't win if we don't have them. I'll tell you that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I always kind of uh, wished that they hadn't uh, had to trade him or for Cat. Um, yeah, always always some good memories of of him playing on the team as well. Um, I wanted to get your opinion as well on, a, on another pretty uh, hot topic for for Bruins fans over the off season, and that was you know the bubble and, and Tuka Rask leaving the bubble to attend to a, a family emergency. Um, there was a lot of people who were down on that and really questioned his commitment to the team. A lot of Bruins fans were obviously very understanding because, you know, understanding priorities and things like that. Um, there have been some questions about, you know, the relationship with the team moving forward, but uh, I'm getting the sense that it's not a, that big of a thing. Um, just from a, a former player's perspective, what do you think of all that? And, and uh, what would the general reaction be from, from teammates, do you think, just in terms of, yeah, prioritizing family family over hockey. It seems like um, a lot of guys would be would be pretty understanding of that, uh, despite the circumstances and the and the chance to play for a cup. You know, for Tuca, I don't want to speak too much about this, but you know, Tuca is a good friend of mine, and um, mm. you know, I think Don Sweeney came out and supported him very well, and I and I and I really think that if I was if I was in that situation, I no doubt would have done the exact same thing as him. Yeah. Family is first. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have your family, your entire life, your career. You know, it's important, but, you know, your career only goes for so long. And uh, you got to take care of the ones you love. And uh, I think he made the right decision, no question. Yeah, for sure. And I think the majority of, you know, reasonable fans feel the same way. And and just looking forward to having him back. And glad to hear that it, that everything worked out in that way as well. Um, I guess with the uncertainty with hockey this year, do you and your wife have anything planned for Pevs Protects or or is that something that's going to be on pause this year? Uh, well, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm going to guess we haven't had discussions with the Wolf Storm about that yeah. uh, or the Heart and Stroke or the Heart and Stroke, but my guess is it would probably be on pause this year. Um, you know, we, we, we raise a lot of money depending on the attendance at a Wall Storm game and with teams probably not having fans or having limited amount of fans and you know interaction with others doesn't make any sense so <laughs> yeah. um you know it's, it's probably something that's going to be on pause and hopefully it's something we can continue going forward it might have to be in a different capacity but you know I think that um you know we'll all always do what I can to help the heart stroke no question for sure yeah is there anything that that people can do to help or support uh, the Heart and Stroke Foundation, Peps Protects, without uh, having that in-person connection? Yeah, you can go to pepsprotects.com, and there's a donation page. Which you can donate to the Guelph, uh, Wellington County er uh, area, which, uh, you know, it's important. We've done a really great job of uh, putting defibrillators out into our community. Uh, at the time we started this charity, there really was hardly any in public places, and now... You know, they're all over uh, workplaces, they're in, uh, in arena, more in arenas, they're more in soccer fields outside, and uh, more AEDs we have out there, the more lives we'll save. And, you know, I think now it's uh, with the heart stroke, it's turning the attention to, you know, can we can we get the CPR and AED training put into the school, the, the 
high school curriculum. You know, mm. I think that would be a, a very important piece because, you know, if you learn that in school, you're going to have a lot more com comfort if something was to happen in front of you and you're able to help someone. So yeah, hopefully for going sure. forward, that's yeah. the case. So, you know, any life we save is, is such an important, important. Absolutely. Well, Rich, I can't thank you enough for, for taking some time again to chat and uh, really appreciate you coming on and, and to catch up. And, and yeah, I hope hopefully we have some hockey to watch here soon. And uh, yeah, again, all the best with with your role with the Stars. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can get some, some hockey to watch soon. I know I'm really missing it. A lot of people are missing it. Uh, hopefully the World Juniors goes off without a hitch so we can get, uh, get that fixed and that the NHL can come back. Uh, I don't know, maybe looking like early February at this point. Um, hopefully they can they can get things together and pull it off for sure safely. Yeah, I hope so too. I, you know, the game is uh, important to so many people, and you know uh, you definitely feel lost without it. So um, you know it's been uh, hopefully the, the NHL can come back and other leagues can come back in this in a safe environment for sure. Definitely. All right, man. Well, well, thank you so much again. And uh, yeah, maybe uh, we'll talk again soon or, or see you around town and uh, we can connect uh, there as well. Okay. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Perfect. Yeah. Take care, Rich. Thanks so much.